the narrator. A Good Omens Podfic, written by Apple Seeds and read by Literarian. Chapter 2 Summary Crowley is at a book fair. I wonder whom he might meet there. Unbelievably, Crowley was at a book fair. Anathema's grandmother Agnes had a stool there promoting her new book of prophecy and Anathema had asked Crowley to come along to help them set up in the morning and pack everything away at the end of the day. Unfortunately, he owed her one after she'd come with him to the vintage car show where he'd bought the Bentley, using her incredible skills of negotiation to get him a good price. She always had such a knack for knowing exactly at what point someone would be willing to compromise. She said it was because she was psychic, and given his experience with her, Crowley did think that was probably true. When everything was set up and the visiting public had started to venture into the huge marquee in which their stool was located, Crowley took the opportunity to pick up a copy of Agnes's book and have a flick through it himself. Maybe he'd stumble across something insightful that would unlock the mysteries of the universe – and besides, he didn't have anything else to do. He was in the middle of trying to decipher a prophecy about an angel and a portrait painting when an unexpected voice caught his attention. Hello, excuse me, I'm looking for Agnes Nutter. Am I in the right place? Crowley fumbled with the book he was holding, only just about managing not to drop it on the floor. He glanced up and saw that a man had approached Agnes's stall and was talking to Anathema. But this was not just any man. Crowley would recognize that voice anywhere. He stared open-mouthed at the back of the man's head, adorned with perfect fluffy white blonde curls. Anathema looked at Crowley quizzically from behind the stool, but then turned her attention to the stranger. Yes, I'm Anathema Devos, her granddaughter, Anathema responded politely. She held out her hand, and the man shook it. Lovely to meet you, my dear. I'm Azira Falfell. I narrated the audio version of your grandmother's book. Realization crossed Anathema's features and her gaze flicked towards Crowley. She gave him a knowing smile and he held on more tightly to the book and grimaced. Oh, Mr. Fell, thank you so much for agreeing to do the narration. Agnes and I were both delighted when you said yes. I don't tend to listen to audiobooks myself, but my friend Crowley does and he spoke very highly of you. Mm. Oh, really? Well, that's very flattering. Actually, he's right over there, Anathema said brightly, while Crowley frantically shook his head. Crowley, come here for a minute. Oh, God, just kill me now. This can't be happening. 
Crowley swallowed roughly, the blush he could feel on his cheeks intensifying when Aziraphale turned around and Crowley got a proper look at him. His first look at the man who had, through the medium of audiobooks, joined him night after night in his bed and moaned with pleasure and panted for breath right in his ear. And damn it all to the depths of hell, he was gorgeous. Crowley, this is Aziraphale Fell, the audiobook narrator. Crowley discreetly took a steadying breath. Hi. Um, hi. Hello. Aziraphale offered his hand. Crowley took it bravely, hoping he didn't look as flustered as he felt. I'll go and find my grandmother for you, Anathema said. Aziraphale thanked her, whereas Crowley wanted to murder her, but there was literally nothing he could do now. Within a second, Anathema had gone, and Crowley was stuck here, alone with Aziraphale Fell. So I have you to thank for recommending me to Mrs. Nutter? Uh, yeah. Anathema recommended Invisible Truth to me, and I got the audiobook to listen on my commute. Thought you were really good. Crowley mumbled bashfully. Thank you, that's very kind of you to say. I'm indebted to you. It was a privilege to be able to read Agnes's book before it was published. I have rather an interest in books of prophecy, you see. I've actually amassed quite a collection. Oh yeah? Crowley asked, racking his brain for something else to say. Any insight you can share? What sort of things are you interested in? Stunningly attractive audiobook narrators with gorgeous eyes and a voice that makes me feel like I'm melting. Um, when's the world going to end? Ah, yes, that's a good question, isn't it? There's rather a lot of disagreement about that, as you might imagine. One of the books in my collection purports that it will end today, actually, around tea time. Oh, well... At least that'll save me going to work on Monday, Crowley joked stupidly. Aziraphale laughed, the sound of it making Crowley feel very warm inside. Aziraphale's handsome face lit up, the corners of his eyes crinkling as he smiled. I suppose that's something. Aziraphale responded, in a tone Crowley recognized from Aziraphale's interpretations of dialogue in the novels he'd read as actually being quite fond and affectionate. Crowley couldn't help but smile dreamily at him, but was rescued from having to think of something else to say by Anathema, who arrived with Agnes in tow. After making the necessary introductions, she left Agnes and Aziraphale to talk, dragging Crowley away towards the other stalls. As soon as they were far enough away, she turned to Crowley and grabbed his arm, bringing him to an abrupt halt. Oh my god, I've never seen you like that! Like what? You were blushing! You have a crush on him, don't you? 
Mm, I only just met him. Then you have a crush on his voice. That's not a thing. Of course it's a thing. The same way you can see someone and be attracted to them and think you'd like to get to know them better, but instead of seeing them, you were listening to him, she explained, as if that made perfect sense. Crowley sighed dramatically, but Anathema just kept looking at him expectantly until he finally relented. Okay, fine, maybe it's a thing, and now I know what he looks like and that makes it even worse. You're interested? Of course I'm interested, Crowley hissed, but it's not like I can ask him out or something. I can't even talk to him. Why not? I just can't. He's just a person, Crowley. You don't need to be nervous. He seems really sweet. It's not that. I... <sighs> Crowley brought his hands up to cover his face and could sense Anathema moving a little closer. She lowered her voice and actually sounded sympathetic when she spoke. What's wrong? I liked his voice, so I looked him up and found the other books he's narrated, and I listened to some of those too. Okay, and? They're not all non-fiction. He does novels too. I'm still not seeing the problem, she said gently. Some of the novels were a bit, you know... Crowley widened his eyes and gave her a pointed stare. What? You know, they involved them. Crowley lowered his voice to a whisper before continuing. People having intimate encounters. Oh, oh, well, that's not a problem, is it? No, it's not a problem. It's just... He's really good at it. I mean, he gets really into it, does all the sounds and the breathing. <sighs> okay, I can see why that would be distracting, Anathema said kindly, but Crowley could see the amused smile she was trying valiantly to suppress. But do you really want to pass up the opportunity to talk to him just because of that? Just focus on him. I'm sure once you start having an actual conversation, you'll soon put it out of your mind. Why are you talking like this is an actual thing that's actually going to happen? Anathema sighed heavily and looped her arm through his, dragging him back towards Agnes's stall. Come on, you'll regret it if you don't. Trust me. When they got back to the stall, Agnes and Aziraphale were engrossed in conversation. Crowley took the opportunity to partially hide behind a display stand and just watch him. Fuck, he was gorgeous. He seemed so happy and animated and passionate about whatever it was they were talking about. Agnes's book, presumably. When he laughed at something Agnes said, Crowley felt a tugging sort of feeling in his gut, an overwhelming desire to talk to him, an involuntary smile spreading across his face. 
Anathema approached them and joined the conversation, occasionally shooting Crowley a glance that quite obviously meant get over here, but Crowley only managed to shuffle a few paces closer, close enough to hear what they were discussing now, but not close enough to really be part of the conversation. I suppose I should let you get on. I've taken enough of your time. Aziraphale said politely after a while, shaking Agnes's hand. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you. The pleasure was mine, Agnes replied in her wise old witch voice. I believe my next stop will be the cake stall. I passed it on my way over here. Everything looked scrummy. Scrummy, oh my god. Good idea, Anathema said brightly. Crowley, why don't you go with them? It was really nice of you to come and help us set everything up, but I don't expect you to stay with us all day. Crowley clenched his jaw and stared helplessly at her. How could she do this to him? She was supposed to be his friend. Maybe Mr. Fell doesn't want me to go with him. Crowley growled as quietly as he could, but despite his efforts to lower his voice, Aziraphale had evidently still heard him. Aziraphale, please, and not at all, I'd love some company, he said brightly, stepping a little closer to Crowley, his proximity making Crowley's skin tingle. Anathema gave him an encouraging smile and nod. Damn her. Um, okay, okay, let's, uh, uh let's get cake. Aziraphale smiled warmly and Crowley's knees genuinely felt a little weak. He hadn't thought that was a thing that actually happened to people. His pulse was racing and he was feeling all shaky. He just hoped this wouldn't turn out to be a complete disaster. When they reached the cake stall, Aziraphale opted for a decadent cream eclair with a cup of tea, while Crowley asked for a small chocolate brownie and a coffee. They sat together at one of the small white plastic tables that had been set up inside the marquee, Aziraphale's knees accidentally nudging against Crowley's under the table when he sat down. <laughs> Why is it so hot in here? They'd only been sitting for about ten seconds before the silence between them started torturing Crowley. He took a sip of his coffee before inhaling deeply, summoning the strength and focus to try to make conversation. So, did Agnes have anything interesting to say? As a matter of fact, she did. Aziraphale replied brightly, leaning in a little closer. She told me about some new prophecies that weren't included in the book. It was fascinating, although I'm afraid she did ask me not to share them with anybody. 
She's planning to include them in the next one, you see, and she was so happy with my narration that she asked me to do it for her next book as well. That's great, really great. I really can't thank you enough for recommending me. It's fine, you're really good, Crowley said with a shrug. He could feel his cheeks growing even warmer and dipped his head to take a bite of his brownie as a distraction. Thank you, that's very kind of you to say. Crowley chewed and swallowed his mouthful, concentrating very hard on not breathing at the wrong moment and ending up choking which wasn't easy to do with Aziraphale looking at him like that, all happy and grateful and adorable. So, um, do you do this full-time? Narrating audiobooks, I mean? Oh no, although I thoroughly enjoy it. I actually own an antique bookshop. Oh right, okay, um, whereabouts? Crowley asked politely, grasping frantically at the remnants of the knowledge contained in his rapidly liquefying brain about how to conduct a conversation. In Soho. I love it, but I must admit, deep down I'm always a little disappointed whenever I have to part with one of my books. Crowley breathed out a laugh. <laughs> Terrible thing about shops, that. Selling things. Indeed it is. Aziraphale replied with a fond smile before taking a sip of his tea. So, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Crowley grunted, shaking his head and waving his hand dismissively. Boring corporate finance stuff. It's not interesting. Anathema works there too. She's the best forecaster we've got. It must run in the family. Yeah, I guess so. Aziraphale lifted his cream eclair up to his mouth and Crowley was utterly transfixed as he parted his lips around it, biting a generously sized chunk off the end of it before beginning to chew and moaning deeply with appreciation. Crowley's mouth hung open and he stared helplessly as Aziraphale's tongue darted out to lick away a small dollop of cream from his upper lip, still making satisfied little noises, noises that Crowley had heard before, although in a very different context. The effect was like classical conditioning or something, his blood readily diverting away from his brain, most of it heading towards his groin. Crowley forced his mouth closed and swallowed roughly. Oh, this is absolutely marvellous. <laughs> One never knows what the quality of the refreshments will be like at an event like this, but this is scrumptious. Aziraphale took another bite, followed by another deep moan. Crowley clutched his paper coffee cup so tightly he was slightly worried he might break it. 
Aziraphale glanced up at him, and God knows what Crowley's face looked like, but it was evidently enough to evoke Aziraphale's concern. Are you all right, my dear? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, fine. <clears throat> Crowley cleared his throat and tried to relax his grip on his cup. Are you sure? You seem a little tense. No, uh, no, uh, I'm, um, no, I'm fine. Not tense, just fine. Did I do something wrong? Aziraphale asked, and he sounded so sad, an expression of such concern on his face that it made Crowley's heart ache. This really wasn't going well. What on earth had Anathema been thinking, making him do this? No, of course not. Not at all. Oh, well, all right. Aziraphale took a sip of his tea, but his whole demeanour had shifted and he seemed rather subdued. Crowley hated that he'd inadvertently managed to wipe the adorable smile off his face and ruin his enjoyment of his eclair. Please don't feel you need to stay with me. I'm sure you were wanting to look around the rest of the fair. And now he's trying to get rid of me. Terrific. Oh, Right, um, do you want me to go? No, not at all. It just felt like perhaps you wanted to get on and do your own thing. I'd understand completely if that were the case. Please don't feel you need to stay with me for politeness's sake. No, I don't want that. It's just, I just... (sighs) Crowley breathed out a long breath. Maybe it was better to just be honest and hope this wouldn't turn into the most embarrassing conversation of his whole life, although, in fairness, the odds were not good. Invisible Truth isn't the only book you've narrated that I've listened to. To be completely honest, I found listening to your voice really relaxing, so I looked up what other stuff you'd done, and I ended up listening to Forged. Oh, I see. And you didn't enjoy it? No, I did. It was great. Really great. Great story. And you were great, Crowley said, pretty sure that he'd just set a new record for the most times someone had ever said the word great in three seconds. But when you were eating your eclair just now, the sound you made kind of reminded me of, um, you know. Aziraphale wrung his hands together and dipped his chin, a discernible blush developing on his cheeks. Oh, I see. I'm terribly sorry. No, it's okay. I just wasn't expecting it, you know, out of context. Yes, I can imagine. 
Aziraphale started fiddling with his napkin, and Crowley wanted the ground beneath him to open up and swallow him whole. Fuck, this was awkward. Crowley's brain scrambled around, trying to think of something else to say. Does it feel weird recording stuff like that? Not really, it's just part of the job. I just need to get into the right headspace. Narration is a form of acting, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. I mean, when actors film these sorts of scenes, they're surrounded by potentially dozens of people and all sorts of equipment, cameras pointing at them from different directions. I imagine that's more challenging. At least I'm alone in the recording booth with the producer outside, so it's relatively easy to focus. I just immerse myself in the story and do what needs to be done. Right, yeah, sorry, I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable. Oh no, not at all, I'm fine. A little embarrassed, perhaps? Aziraphale responded bashfully. Nobody has ever talked to me about this before. You shouldn't be embarrassed, you're really good at it. Aziraphale breathed out a self-conscious laugh. <laughs> Thank you, that's kind of you to say. So it's really just mental focus? You're not actually eating cream cakes in the booth or something? Aziraphale laughed then, and Crowley could feel the tension starting to drift away, thank God. No, no cream allowed near the recording equipment, I'm afraid. Oh, right, yeah, of course. Although some of the work I've done has involved sound effects, and I must admit it's been rather disappointing to have the illusion broken. What do you mean? To learn that, for example, when you're listening to the sound of rainfall, it's sometimes just someone crinkling a piece of tin foil next to the microphone or pouring dry rice into a glass bowl. It's rather disrupted my ability to immerse myself in the story. Mine too now, probably. Thanks for that, Crowley drawled sarcastically. Oh dear, I'm terribly sorry. Well, at least your sound effects are real, Crowley said, wincing as he immediately regretted it. Sorry, I just mean you're really good at what you do. All of it. All the different emotions you manage to convey and the way you change the pace to build the tension. Honestly, it's incredible. I never read books before I started listening to your stuff. You're really talented. Well, it's not talent, I guess, is it? It's skill. You're amazing. Wow, okay, possibly overcompensated a bit there. The tension in Crowley's shoulders increased while he waited for Aziraphale to respond. Thank you, I appreciate that. It's certainly a great compliment to be the reason someone takes an interest in books. As long as they don't take an interest in purchasing any of the books in my shop, you understand? 
he said lightly. Crowley laughed politely, beyond grateful for the change of subject, which was almost certainly an intentional decision on Aziraphale's part to steer the conversation in a different direction. Crowley asked him a few questions about the bookshop, and thankfully they managed to have a pleasant, polite conversation following on from that, with no more awkward or embarrassing moments. Aziraphale finished his eclair with only the quietest little hums of pleasure, though, and Crowley couldn't help but feel a little guilty. Once they'd finished their cakes and drinks, Aziraphale invited Crowley to join him looking around the rest of the stools in the marquee. Crowley really hadn't been expecting that, and fearing Aziraphale was just being polite, gave him an opportunity to get out of spending any more time with him. Aziraphale insisted once again that he would enjoy his company, and so, feeling exhilarated, albeit somewhat bemused, Crowley accompanied him. Crowley had never seen someone enjoy a book fair this much. Not that he made a habit of attending them, of course, but still, it was a pleasure to watch Aziraphale clearly in his element, making exciting discoveries and engaging in friendly conversation with the people manning the various stalls. Crowley really wasn't sure why Aziraphale had invited him to join him. Straightforward pity was a possibility, but that somehow didn't feel right. If anything, by some absolutely unbelievable miracle, Aziraphale seemed to be genuinely enjoying his company. Well, I think that's all of it. Um, yeah, Crowley responded eloquently. I suppose I should get back to Agnes and Anathema, see if they need anything. Yes, of course, all right. Thank you again for your company, my dear. I've had a wonderful time. Aziraphale held out his hand and Crowley took it, savouring the softness and warmth of Aziraphale's perfectly manicured hand. Me too. Thanks. Was really nice to actually meet you. Put a face to the voice. It was lovely to meet you too. Crowley realized he was still holding Aziraphale's hand and abruptly released it. Right, I'll be popping along then, he said, gesturing vaguely in the direction of Agnes's stall. All right. Um, Crowley? Yeah? Do you think perhaps I might see you again sometime? I mean, I could take you out for dinner or something? Aziraphale asked a little hesitantly. Crowley was quite possibly even more stunned than he'd been when Aziraphale had moaned around his mouthful of cream eclair. Maybe even more stunned than when he'd slammed his brakes on in the Bentley when he'd heard that moan for the very first time.
his heart started racing again. Are you asking me out? he asked, his voice emerging a bit rough and croaky. Is that all right? Uh, yeah, of course, just really unexpected. I certainly can't imagine why. We've had a lovely time together, haven't we? As much as Crowley wanted to protest and remind Aziraphel how much of an awkward idiot he was, he recognized that it wouldn't be in his best interest. This was unbelievable, but there would be plenty of time for freaking out about it later. Yeah, we have, he agreed, and Aziraphel smiled at him fondly. So, dinner? Um, yeah, that'd be amazing. Thanks. Wonderful. Aziraphel stepped closer and lowered his voice. I can forgo ordering dessert if you prefer. A light but noticeable blush developed on Aziraphel's cheeks, and Crowley was fairly sure he was flirting with him. Crowley's stomach started feeling jittery, but he was determined to at least try to reciprocate. Anathema was right. There was nothing worse than a missed opportunity. Please don't do that, he said softly. Aziraphale's blush deepened. All right. Aziraphale drew in a slightly shaky breath and reached into his pocket, withdrawing his wallet. He fished out a business card and handed it over to Crowley. Please call me. I will, thanks. See you soon. I hope so. Goodbye, Crowley. Bye. Crowley watched Aziraphale walking away, his gaze drifting down the length of his body, over his fluffy blonde curls and his old-fashioned attire that somehow suited him perfectly. Crowley safely tucked Aziraphale's cart away in his own wallet and returned to Agnes's stool with an irrepressible grin on his face. Anathema would never let him live it down, but right now Crowley couldn't possibly have cared less.